0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. So we've had an amazing couple of weeks. We just finished Conquista 2017. How many of you guys were blessed? We had an amazing weekend Friday, Saturday, and Sunday with Dr. Morris Cerullo, Apostle Oscar Aguero with Prophet Diony Valles. A group of men, 82 men, this weekend, we were at Newport Beach Resort. We were at the Apostolic Summit. I mean, what happened there was incredible. And was texted me today, and he was like, I'm still on a conquista high, <laughs> on a summit high. And I hashtagged him, and I said, forever high, because we can never lose that high. God always wants you to be at that level, Amen. With stuff going on, just like Gabby was saying, you know, sometimes you have stuff going on in your life, but that can never keep you from worshiping. That can never keep you from serving. That can never keep you from seeking God. On the contrary, God sometimes even allows you to go through stuff just to test your faith so that you could become stronger in the midst of adversity. Sending a message to the enemy that no matter what he shoots your way, you're always going to worship God and trust that he will deliver you. Amen. I want to teach today a little bit about modeling Christ. I want to talk a little bit about integrity, something that I shared briefly in the Apostolic Summit. Everybody that needs a miracle, that needs a sign from God, that needs something to happen supernaturally, I want to pray for you. And I'll tell you why. In the Apostolic Summit, Saturday morning, and the guys that went there know what I'm talking about, we had a face-to-face time with God. And it was beautiful because it was sunny Isles Beach. We each picked a spot to just pray to God. And what I love to do, I like to move when I pray. I don't like to be still. So I just decided to just walk the shoreline. I started walking and I just started asking God to give me grace for my generation. To start using me in a level that he's never used me before. I want to see something new. I don't know how many of you guys are tired of being at the same level that you are right now. And you need God to just kick you to another level. Whatever's the roof right now will become your floor. A total new level. And and I feel that God has been doing that since Conquista. So I started telling God, God. God, I want you to use me in a special way. And I believe that God wants to just start using me with signs and wonders. So we're going to kick that off tonight. I'm trusting God that people tonight that have situations that are impossible, God's going to meet them and God's going to glorify himself. I wish somebody received that word and said, yeah, that's for me. Because I believe that God is here and something is going to just unfold, not just over my life, but over Everybody in JTP, every single server, I believe that this this is a new season. Amen? So I want to create a little bit of expectancy. Even though we're teaching about integrity, I want you to be expectant that God's going to do a miracle. And start thinking about what you're going to come asking God for in this place. It could be ministry-wise. It could have to do with your family. But it has to be something impossible. Amen? The band's going to help me with the song that Ashley just sang about impossible things. And God's going to do it. Amen? Awesome. All right. Let's talk a little bit about modeling Christ. I want you to put your arms around somebody that's close to you and tell them our mission in life. It's to model Christ. No, it's not to be able to make enough money to buy a mansion in Star Island. If God blesses you to do that, praise God. But that's not the main goal. That's an add-on. But God wants us to be more like Jesus. That's why we come to church. That's why we read the Bible. It's modeling Christ. And I want you to... Think about this question that I wrote down here. Are you allowing God to work in you? Now, don't answer this. Take a moment to ponder and and meditate on this question just for a few seconds. Because trust me that on God's side, he wants to work in your life. And he wants to bring to fruition everything that he spoke and everything that he's written down for you. How he wants to use you, the impossible things that God's going to do through you as a vessel. But the question is this, are we allowing God to be able to use us and to work in us? Sometimes we don't even realize it, but we don't allow God to push us further. And the minute God puts you a millimeter out of your comfort zone, you're freaking out. And you back off, and God backs off. But God is looking for people that are willing to say, here I am, God, use me. No matter what it takes, no matter where you want to take me, no matter what you want to do, I'm open to your plans. And I'm just asking myself, is there anybody here in JTP Church that's willing to tell God that? Amen, yeah. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Are you accessible enough to God for him to have time to reveal to you his plan for your life? Are you accessible enough? And the reason I'm asking this is because if we want true change to take effect in any capacity, we must first allow God to work in our lives. True change is going to be brought about by God. Amen. Amen. And we have to allow them to work in our lives, to change us, to mold us. YouTube has made my life a lot easier in many ways. How many of you guys could say the same thing? You know what? A couple of generations ago, or one generation ago, they didn't have YouTube. But now whenever you don't know how to do something, you can just go into YouTube. And for example, I needed to flush my AC system the other day. I called my buddy, Jairo. He's my business partner. He was busy. He couldn't help me. So I went on YouTube. And YouTube said that you could flush it on the outside. So I went and I tried to flush it. If you put a hose inside the pipe, you could probably flush it. Because sometimes a tube, it gets full of goo and all that nasty stuff that you don't want to hear about in JTP Church. So I tried to do it, but it didn't work. But it did help me in another way. My son, when he was about one and a half, for the first time, we were playing around with him, horsing around a little bit, and his elbow popped out of place. This is common for young children, obviously. As a first-time parent, I didn't know. I freaked out. Oh, my goodness. He was like this. He couldn't lift his hand up. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. And Carly's like, oh, my gosh, with the Latin mom worry. So we're like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? So we took him to the urgent care. That's something that's very common. It's called nursemaid elbow. I saw the doctor just grab He grabbed his arm, put it back, twisted his hand, and went like this, boop, and that's it. And Luca was like, all right, let's go. Let's play, that. I'm like... How in the world did that happen? Once it happens for the first time, he's more prone for it to happen a second, third. He must have had four or five of these. We were arriving, I don't know if you remember, in Argentina. We had a mission trip that we did for my father's hometown when we went to La Borde. And right when we got to the airport carrying the bags and carrying Luke again, it happened. So we're like, oh my gosh, we had to find a hospital. They went, they did it. And then the other day, it happened again. And you know what? YouTube. <laughs> I went on YouTube, and I put nursemaid elbow, and watching somebody grab an elbow of a youngster and just go like this and flip it into place, I'm like, wait, let me try it. I told Carly, Carly was freaking out, I told her, bring him to the office, because I was working, bring him to the office. She brought him to the office, and I went like, click, 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 snapped snap back into place. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a nursemaid specialist. <laughs> Whenever you have a child with nursemaid elbow, bring him to me. And what's funny is that the other day, it happened again. And this time, Carly, I go, Carly, just go on YouTube. <laughs> Carly went on YouTube. She saw it, and she snapped it back together. So YouTube helps us do a lot of things. Musicians. Nowadays, you have a lot of songs, and if you like a song, you can go on YouTube, and, and there's guitars that teach you how to play the song. When I was into music, you had to learn the song by ear. You had to go into your room and just listen to the key and just find it. Now you could just Watch somebody and somebody's giving you step-by-step on how to play it. But it's incredible how watching somebody do something, you could learn how to do the same thing. Christianity is all about models. We are called to model Christ. How many say amen? It's incredibly important to follow people who effectively model Christ. There's a lot of people that follow others because of their charisma. But it's so important to model the character. Yesterday, Pastor, yes. He was speaking right about character, about how important your character is, because you could have a lot of charisma and you could have a lot of giftings. But if your character's not where it should be, and it's so important to model people that effectively model Christ. You know, I heard a story about this preacher that he was a Bible school professor, and this guy had a peculiarity about him. Every time he would preach and get on fire, and the Holy Spirit would take over him, he would start slinging his hair. He had long hair, right? So he would be in Jesus' name, oh, the fire of god will come, and he would start swinging his hair. So it's funny. All the people that were his disciples, they would do the same thing. They would imitate him, even in the way he would move. And, and you know, they would let their hair grow and they would swing. There was even a bald guy that he didn't have any hair, but he, you know, he tried to swing what he didn't have. But it's funny how you know we try to model things, right? I want you to go with me to the book of First Timothy, chapter four, verse twelve, because here Paul is telling Timothy exactly this that we're talking about about how to model Christ, and he's telling him. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, let no one despise your youth, because he was young, 18, 19. And then he tells them, but be an example. Everybody say, be an example. That's the word that today I replaced with being a model, right? Be an example to the believers. And then he has a few things that I want to mention. We could just preach about each of these for like an hour, but we don't have time to do that, right? Unless you guys want to stay till midnight. Jesus. I guess that's a no. But be an example to the believers in word. Everybody say word. word. Our word. Be an example to the believers in how you speak. In your conduct. Everybody say conduct. In love. In spirit. Come on, help me out. In faith, faith. and in purity. purity. This is our goal in Christ and in life. To be example to the believers, to the people. How many HOB leaders are here? Raise your hand. Look, all these people that are raising their hands, they're HOB leaders. Once a week, they give a lesson. They teach about Jesus in their homes. And, you know, we're leaders, and leader is just not a title. It's a big responsibility. One day, God's going to come and call into account us as leaders, me as a pastor, me as a father, because I'm a leader in my home. He's going to come to me and say, Jonathan, how did you lead my home? The home that i gave you the wife that i gave you the children that i gave you because nothing is mine everything belongs to god i am just a steward god's gonna call every single man here with respect to your home he's gonna call the leaders with respect to the disciples that he's giving you how did you lead them did you lead them like i taught you in first timothy four twelve? did you lead them in word were you a, an example to them in conduct in spirit in faith in purity were you transparent were you like jesus This word here that in 1 Timothy 4.12 is example, and it's the Greek word tupos. Everybody say tupos. If you want to look it up, it's T-U-P-O-S. What it means in the Greek, it's like a stamp. You guys know when you go to the post office, and I know a lot of you guys haven't gone because you guys do bill pay, right? But the whole other generation used to go to the post office. You were going to send a package or something or a letter. They would imprint a stamp on the letter now imagine if the stamp that it's imprinting it's already wrong every time they would stamp it the letter would be incorrect if it's a number of an address or if it's a a city imagine if the city was misspelled or if the address the zip code was a different number all those letters will get to the wrong destination so what do you have to do you have to make sure you correct the stamp so that every single letter that you stamp every package that you stamp will get to the right destination Well, why am I telling you this? Well, because you are that stamp. Tell the person next to you, you are a stamp. And that's what Apostle Paul is telling Timothy. Hey, make sure that wherever I sent you, you leave an imprint. You leave a stamp on people. And that stamp must glorify God. How many say amen? Your life is continuously being stamped on your family members. It's being stamped on your coworkers. It's being stamped on, I don't know, in your H.O.B. disciples. For those that are HLB leaders, it's constantly being stamped on all the people that you come in contact. Some of us, God has blessed us with incredible influence. I believe that God's going to lift up here incredible business owners, people that will influence generations, maybe even shake up an entire city or an entire nation. And you got to make sure the stamp is right. Because if your stamp is not right, if you're not being a true example, and this has to do with our character, it has to do with integrity, and we're going to get into that a little bit in just a little bit, you have to make sure that the stamp that you are leaving in your generation is a stamp that's glorifying God. How many say amen? Amen. So having said that, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on integrity. The Bible talks about a lot of people that had integrity. First person that comes to mind, Job. You guys remember Job? right off the bat in the first chapter first verse it talks about this man that he was perfect before god he was a man after god's heart amen the bible says that no evil was found in him i mean just amazing i would love for god to say those qualities about me he was a person of integrity put your arms around the person next to you and maybe this is be in the form of a prophecy or maybe it's you're just speaking truth but tell him you are a person of integrity <laughs> amen amen Abraham as well the Bible talks about Abraham how he heard the voice of a God that he didn't even know and he just left everything that was comfortable to him he left his parents he left his money he left he left everything and he just started traveling to a place that God didn't even tell him just start walking and I'll show you a place but I'm gonna make you great I'm gonna make you a father of multitudes and I'm gonna bless you and you shall be a blessing to many and this guy was a man of integrity he believed God and he held on to the promise of a son for 25 years I mean that's amazing How about Daniel? Daniel was a person that this guy, even at a young age, he was taken captive to the Babylonic Empire. And he was trained there to be, you know, a servant of the king. God blessed them for being such a person of integrity. And there were people that were trying to do him wrong. You guys remember the story. And they said, well, if we catch somebody praying to somebody that's not the king, to a god or to whatever, they're going to be thrown in a lion's den. And this guy didn't care. He opened up because he could have prayed but left his window closed. But he opened the windows just like he always would do. He would look into Jerusalem like it was said that they should pray, always looking up towards Jerusalem. And they saw him, and they caught him, and they threw him into the lion's den. But God glorified himself. God is looking for young people. God is looking for men, women, (laughs) senior citizens, kids that are willing to be a person of integrity no matter what the cost is. Amen? Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1 Enough of my words, let's go to what really matters, the Word of God. Proverbs 22, one. And I want you to highlight this because this is important, and this will bless you throughout your life. It says a good name. It's to be chosen rather than great riches. Loving favor rather than silver and gold. And it's totally the opposite of this generation because this generation goes after riches. I mean... But God says, look, your character, in Spanish, it says el carácter, right? It talks about your character, your integrity, your good name, that when people say your name, they know that you're a person of integrity. They know that you're not shady, right? You're not doing phony business. You're not, you're a person of integrity. Your good name is more important than great riches. Come on, tell the person close to you, your name, your integrity, your character is more important than anything you could accomplish in life. And I want to talk to you today about three things quickly that will lead you down the path of integrity. Uh, Pastor, how do I know that I'm a person of integrity? How can I know? I want a checklist. And I want to test myself. I want to see if I'm in the right path. Well, let me start with number one. Tell the person next to you, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Person of integrity always tells the truth. When we tell the truth, we are entering the realm where integrity lives. Integrity lives in truth. I'm not talking about half truth. Half truth is as good as a lie. I'm not talking about exaggerating the truth because you could go to either extreme. God just wants you to be a truthful person. How many say amen? amen? The best example about this is when you go to court. When somebody goes to court and they have to testify before the judge or before the jury, they bring out a Bible. They still do this to this day. And you have to put your right hand on the Bible, and they tell you something. They say, do you promise to tell the truth? But it doesn't end there, right? It says, what else do they say? The whole truth and nothing but the truth. And, you know, when I was younger, I'm like, why in the world do they make this so complicated? Can't they just say, do you promise to tell the truth? That's it. Why couldn't they just make it simple? And the reason for that is because we have so many ways that we lie. We have become experts at lying, at telling half-truths, at hiding the truth, that they have to say this in the court of law because you have to make sure that you tell the truth, the whole truth, not just the part of it, the whole truth, and I don't need any other detail that is not the truth. Just focus on telling me the truth. Amen? Keep it simple. I can be telling the truth... But keeping vital information from you, that's a half-truth. Some of us, (laughs) we know how much truth we can tell to get away with what we want to get away with. And we don't realize that in reality we're lying. We need to be people that tell the truth, the whole truth, and what? And nothing but the truth. Well, integrity has to do with truth. Not more, not less. Just the plain truth. God wants us to be truthful people. And we tell truth not just by talking. We tell truth by the way we live as well. Yeah. Amen? There's people that love to exaggerate things. Don't raise your hands if they're sitting next to you. But there's people that love to exaggerate things. No wonder people can't take you seriously. <laughs> you know, this may be a little bit funny, but like fishermen, you ask about how big of a fish. No, my gosh, I, it was this. Don't lie. I saw it on Snapchat. It was six inches. But for him, it was like, no, man, you should have seen how I pulled and, you know. (laughs) But we love to exaggerate things. Billy Graham, we all know him. He was an amazing man of God. He still is. He does so many good things. A super incredible preacher that throughout his lifetime led millions to Christ. But it is also said of Billy Graham that aside from how God used him, he was a person of integrity. And every time he would give numbers of people that attended his services, he would never give one more than what attended. He would always give the exact number. And he would always give the exact numbers of the converts. He was a person of integrity. Amen? Because sometimes we could get carried away even in church. Oh, no, we had a service of the 5,000 people. 5,000 or 500? (laughs) We tend to exaggerate things. How many married couples are here in this place? All right? Okay. Well, we need to make sure we tell the truth. Husbands to their wives and wives to their husbands. Amen? You know, I'm trying to get my in-laws to pay their bills <laughs> through bill pay. <laughs> and there's no way I could get them to. Maybe you guys could pray for me. And I don't blame them. I mean, one of the reasons why they came back to church and I met Carla is because they had stolen my mother-in-law's uh, identity. She went, they, they stole her identity. They, they even bought houses and I think cars and stuff and, and they really messed up her credit. So now they're very hesitant to give you know, their social security for anything. So back in the days, they used to do snail mail. So imagine this. Imagine a husband and a wife that are sitting on a table, and all of a sudden, the wife tells the husband, you know, I need you to pass by, you know, by Western Union. I need you to pay the FPL bill. And the man says, yeah, sure, you know, after work, I'll go. So he grabs the bill. He puts it in his pocket, and, you know, he just goes off to work, totally forgets about it. A month later, they're sitting having dinner, and they're enjoying their dinner. They're talking, and all of a sudden, the light goes out, and there's no light. The minute the light goes out, the man knows, oh crap, (laughs) I forgot to pay the bill. (laughs) Now, if that happens, don't go and get the flashlight and go to the electric box. I mean, you know it was your fault that you didn't pay the bill. Don't try to cover up the truth. Be a truthful person. You see, sometimes even in the little things, and, and the little things amount to a lot, when you start showing signs that you're not a person of integrity that you cover up and you you bend the truth or you say half the truth to be able to get away with certain things you know that creates suspicion on the other person on the wife if it's the husband or the other way around you know we want to be open books and like paul said to timothy we want to be examples to this whole generation to our family members to everybody in what in conduct in word in purity, in love and all the things that he commanded us to amen praise god The reason why sometimes we tell half of the truth is because we hate that feeling that we have when we are wrong. It's called shame. I've realized one thing, that shame doesn't last too long. Let's say in this case that I just gave you, the husband, once he finds out, instead of just going to the panel box and playing it off, like making pretend that FPL was the one at fault, if he would have just said, oh, you know, honey, I totally forgot, it slipped my mind, I'm going to get in my car right now, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to pay the bill. You know, if she was a Latin woman, he probably would have heard it for about a minute, maybe, 30 seconds. But that's the end of it. But when you start covering up, the other person starts being suspicious, and you're harboring untruthfulness. It's better to be truthful, amen, and do the right thing also. For example, our boss, let's say we're working and our boss comes and asks you about a report you were supposed to turn in or something you were supposed to do and you totally forgot. Be truthful about it. If you're always trying to weasel your way or point fingers and blame something, blame a situation, blame a person, that person's going to see you like, man, I don't, I don't trust this guy too much. But if you are truthful and tell the person, you know, I totally forgot I'm going to get on it right now, and I promise to have it for you before the end of the day. That person knows he can trust you. Your boss can trust you because you were truthful. You were honest. You were a person of integrity. When you know God's word, when you know the truth, when you know what God wants you to do, and the enemy comes and tempts you, you have to know exactly what to do, and you need to make sure that you're a truthful person, and you always choose the truth. Even a thought, the Bible says that you have to take every thought that comes into your head captive to the will of God. So what does the truth of God say? The truth of God says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, that God's going to prosper me, that God is with me every single day of my life. So if there's thoughts coming into your head saying that, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to me tomorrow? I'm not going to get married. Oh oh my gosh, this is going to happen and I'm not going to be able to be successful in my business. That's not a thought that comes from God. So you need to bind that thought and take it to the will of God captive and stay with God's truth. How many say amen? amen? We need to make sure that we're truthful people and that we believe the truth of God. Point number two, I wanted to tell the person next to you, keep your word. Point number one, we had said, was telling the truth to be a person of integrity. Now, keeping your word. This is, Folks, this is integrity 101. Keep your word. And I know this is uncommon for this generation, but what we say means a lot. Don't ever say something unless you're going to do it. What you say, you need to make sure that you accomplish and that you carry it through. Look what First Samuel 3.19 says. I love this verse. It says, so Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. Let none of his words fall to the ground. What that means is that he never said anything that didn't come to pass. How many of you guys would like that over your life? Raise your hand. That everything you say, if you really believed it, you'd get out of this temple today and you start declaring stuff over your finances. You start declaring, and why don't you? What does Samuel have that you don't have? He was a man of flesh and bone, just like you. He was just a person that since he was a kid, he sought God. And he loved to dwell in the presence of where God inhabited. You have the Holy Spirit. You even have God inside of you. You have more than Samuel had. But this man, he sought God. And this was one of my petitions in 2017, one of my seven petitions. says, I told God, I want in this year that none of my words will fall to the ground. None of my words fall to everything I declare. It's going to come to pass. Everything I say Amen. When I declare healing over a person, that person's going to get healed. When I speak something into my finances, our words are powerful. God fulfills his promises, but so should we. weren't we created to the image and likeness of God? So how come sometimes we promise things to our wives, to our, you know, if you're a woman, to your husband, and we don't accomplish it or we don't fulfill it. We need to, just as God fulfills his promises, we need to be people that fulfill our promises. People need to see you as a godly model, and for them to see you as a godly model, you must abide by your words and don't look too far. Sometimes we say, hey, I'll call you later. If that came out of your mouth, what do you got to do? Call the person. Three days pass and no call. <laughs> you know what that person's thinking about you? This person's 0 for 1. The baseball people know what I'm talking about. You went to bat one time, and you didn't get a hit. You struck out. This used to happen to me all the time. I'll pray for you. <laughs> As a pastor, people come to me, and they tell me their problems. And, and they're like, Pastor, can you pray for me? And I'll pray for you. You know what I started doing? I'm, if you need prayer, I'll pray for you right now. Because I may be prone to forgetting. So either I write it down, and I've done that. I've, hold on. Let me write it down because I'll forget. Or I'll pray for you right on the spot. Why? Because if I tell you that I'm going to pray for you, I need to do it. I need to be a person of integrity. What I say, I need to do. When young people tell their parents, I'll be home by 11. Can I go deeper? I'll be home by 11, dad or mom, and you show up at 1 in the morning. Doesn't say much about your character, right? When husbands tell their wives, I'll be home by 5 wifey has that meal prepared, right? She put it in the oven, and you show up at 6, unannounced. You didn't even let her know that you were running late from work or from that you had passed by the grocery or whatever the case may be. It may be justified, but you didn't let her know. Now you come rolling in at 6 o'clock. She has to put the food for the third time in the oven to heat it. What's worse is that you're already building up a record of not keeping your word. How many say amen? <laughs> or let me turn it the other way around. When husbands tell their wives... Spend $200. Don't go over. And then you see the bill. <laughs> Holy cow, what happened here? Or when you tell your pastor, I'll bring the report on Thursday. <laughs> Everyone say this. Integrity is keeping my words and fulfilling my promises. Can somebody give God praise in this house? Let's go. Hmm. You know, in my grandparents' generation, they used to borrow money with a handshake. When they needed money, when they needed something, even in the grocery stores. Not even my grandparents. My parents told me that, you know, growing up in Argentina, they used to have the grocery store. It wasn't like Publix like we have here that you could buy everything. They used to have, you know, La Carnicería, the meat shop, the butcher shop. They used to have, uh, you know, La Ferretería, which is like a small scale of a Home Depot. And, you know, you used to walk these places, and sometimes you didn't have money. But people, there were people from the neighborhood. They knew you. So, you know, I'll pay you on Friday when I get paid. And you could take all the stuff, and they'll write you up. But, but today, I mean, to borrow money, to, you need to mortgage your firstborn son almost. <laughs> but why? Because our word, our word is not valuable anymore. Because people have lied so much, or people just don't keep their word. But we are a godly generation. We are the modern-day Timothy as godly people. We need to be people of integrity, that when we say we're going to do something, even if it's painful, even if, we, if situations change, we need to make sure that we go ahead and we do what we promised that we would do. I heard a story about a preacher that was preaching in Russia. He was doing this huge event. They were renting a 2,000-person amphitheater. This preacher was from the United States, and he came, and he hired somebody, an assistant from Russia to handle all the logistics. Well, they did the flyers and everything, and they had this band that was going to open up for him that was well-known in Russia and, you know, was going to bring in a lot of people so that then this evangelist could come, preach the word. It was an evangelistic meeting. The goal was to get a lot of people saved to Jesus Christ. Uh, A couple of weeks before the event came, the preacher met with the Russian assistant, and the assistant told him, you know what, we have a problem. The band that we had confirmed that was going to come and play before you preach, they canceled on us. They had an emergency. One of the members got sick, and they're not going to be able to come, and the man just stayed there thinking to himself, and he says, well, did we do any type of announcements? Did we announce this? The guy said, yes. The assistant said, we made 10,000 flyers. Did we give them all out? Yes, we gave 10,000 flyers. Let me see one. He had one there with him, opened his briefcase, pulled out the flyer, and He started looking at it, and he said, what does it say here? And the assistant read, the band will be opening. And he says, if the program says, or the flyer says that the band's going to be opening, the band has to open, because that is our integrity there. That is our word. So he started looking for people, couldn't find anything to make the long story short. the assistant ended up doing the concert with a couple of background vocals, but they kept their word. The story says that 2000 people came to the amphitheater, 300 people gave their lives to Jesus. Amen. But it's so important even in little things, even even when it's uncomfortable or inconvenient, we need to make sure that we're people of integrity and that we keep our word. Amen. Number 3 for those that are writing down, pay your bills. <laughs> yes, I went there. Just to recap Three things that will lead you down the path of integrity. Number one, we spoke about telling the truth, telling the truth. Number two, keeping our word and now paying our bills. Why is this so important? Well, finances reveal your integrity more than any other thing. How you handle your finances reveals what level, if you're a person of integrity or not. You see, when you're a good steward with your money, that's integrity. I don't think anybody here likes To pay their taxes. If you had an option not to pay your taxes, I believe that we would all take that option. Am I right? I'd rather have that money in my pocket or in my bank account or in investments than to give it to the government. But we have to pay our taxes. Amen? We must pay it. Paul said in Romans 13, 7, and it's even in the Bible. It says, render therefore to all their due. To all. If you owe somebody something, pay it. Amen? I'm talking about taxes right now. But if you owe an employee something, pay it. If you owe anybody, anything, pay it. He's telling them, render, therefore, to all their due. And then he says, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. How many say amen? We need to pay our taxes. We need to pay all our taxes, amen, and not cheat on our taxes. You know what? My cousin has this guy that gets some $7,000 back. Who that? Give me his number. You know, and the person's shady. He starts putting a bunch of businesses and stuff and expenses that you never, you got to make sure because that's your integrity. How many say Amen. Let me shift from taxes to tithe. Let's stay with the T's, but let's talk a little bit about the tithes. The Bible says that tithes belong to who? They belong to the Lord. They're not ours. I don't give God my tithe because it belongs to him already. I pay him my tithe. Right? It's a whole different story. I don't give FPL my money. I pay FPL for services rendered. They give me electricity. And I pay them. I don't hand them money. Well, the concept of tithing is something that you're giving back because it's not yours. Amen? You're paying the tithes. It belongs to God. It's not like offerings. Offerings you give to God because it's about generosity. And you're so grateful for what God has done in your life and how he's prospered you and blessed you. And out of the goodness and kindness of your heart, you want to honor God and you give him an offering. But tithes, we pay them. I have a story that you guys have probably heard, an old preacher story. It was about a guy called Wayne Myers, and this guy was an American missionary in Mexico. And this guy would go up to the hills and the mountains in Mexico and just preach the gospel to people. One day he was in a van with a couple of pastors, and they were talking about the concept of tithing. And they were having a conversation and a debate, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the conversation, he says, Well, how many of you guys tithe? And one of the pastors says, I don't tithe. I don't believe in tithe. And he says, stop the car right now. In the middle of the mountain, they were trying to get to the top. Stop the car right here. And he said, well, well pastor, what are you doing? Stop the car right here. So he, when they stopped, he tries getting out. And they're like, pastor, this is dangerous. There's people, there's a lot of thieves here in these mountains. You know, the news going around with Mexico, you know, it's not safe. He told this pastor, he says, I'd rather be with people that steal from men than with people that steal from God. And you may think that's extreme, but... We are people of integrity. We can't call ourselves Christians. We can't be an example of Christ. We can't expect God to use us if we're stealing from God, if we're staying with what belongs to God. And you could come in here and you could pray and you could say, God, use me, take me to the nations. And God may have a plan and he wants to connect your desire with his desire. But if you're stealing, would you bless somebody that's stealing from you? Why do you think that God would? You know, he's good and compassionate, but he's a just God. You know, sometimes God has to deal with a lot of things in our lives, and he's waiting for us to get our character straight and to be persons or people of integrity to be able to loosen all the things that God has. Maybe you don't even realize it, but you're holding God or you're keeping God from doing all the things that he wants to do in your life. So everybody say tithing. Heard a story about a guy that he was trying to fix, uh, I think it was... Refrigerator or one of his appliances, and one of the bolts that was tightening on one of the screws broke. So he went to work the next day. This guy worked in AT and T, and that same bolt that broke off his appliance, there were millions of them. I mean, they literally had a huge box of bolts. So this guy just got a little bolt and he just put it in his pocket. I mean, come on, it's just a little bolt. How much is a bolt? Ten cents. So, you know, he put it in his pocket. He got in his car. He was driving on his way back to his house, and he heard the Holy Spirit speak to him. He was a person that feared God, and he would pray, thankfully. And God told him, are you going to compromise all your integrity for a 10-cent boat? He heard the voice of God telling him that, you know, he, he went to Home Depot. He stopped by before he got home, called his wife before <laughs> and told him, babe, I'm going to be late for dinner. Went, bought the boat for 10 cents, put it in his pocket. The next day went to work and returned it. Why? Because it's in the little things where we show whether we're people of integrity. It's when nobody sees and you allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. How many say amen? If you want to model Christ, you need to deal with the hose <laughs> that you borrowed from your neighbors, which has been sitting in your garage for five years, unreturned. By the way, I still have Mary Lee's shovel. But she moved. She moved to New York. I mean, not much I could do with that. But it's about these little things, right? Marcos, if you could help me out here. I heard another story about this pastor. You guys remember Hurricane Katrina and how devastated that area was in Louisiana? Well, this pastor was chosen by an organization to be able to pay back and help a lot of people that were in need and that were devastated by the hurricane. A lot of organizations chipped in money started paying all the needs, and after they did that, there was about $25,000 that were left in the fund. So one of the people that had contributed to help people in that area was a billionaire. This guy was super rich, billionaire. And he had given a $25,000 check. So the church, this pastor, he was a man of integrity, he writes. He writes this billionaire, and he tells him, look, thank you so much for your donation. At the current moment, all the needs have been met, and I am returning this $25,000 check. Because we no longer need it. All needs have been met. And he sends it. So a week later, this pastor gets a letter back from this billionaire. And the letter says this. He says, in all my life, I've never had somebody return money that I've sent. This is the first time. And he says, because now I know that you are people of integrity, I want to know every single project that you guys have, because I'm going to send much more money To you because I know that you guys are people of integrity. Isn't that amazing? When you're a person of integrity, God's gonna open doors for you. How many say amen? Integrity builds influence. What are you stamping? If we are a stamp, if we are this model that we're leaving in our kids, if we're stamping this constantly in our daily lives, in our co workers, in the people that we do business with, in the people that we know, the people that we hang out with, our friends, what exactly is that stamp? imprinting on the people that surround us? What are the marks that you're imprinting on your family, on your children, on your business, on your HOB members, with your words, with your actions? And I want to close off with this verse, Proverbs 11.3. And it talks about integrity. It says, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. So this is a no-brainer, as I call it. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer guidance or do you prefer destruction? Let's try this again. Do you prefer guidance or do you prefer destruction? Guidance. Guidance. How can God guide me through the path of success to the path where things just flow, where I could see God's plan come to pass in my life, where I can see multiplication, increase, blessing, all the things that God has left for us? Well, it has to do with integrity. The integrity of of the upright will guide them but for those that don't have integrity the unfaithful the people that bend the truth that add to the truth that subtract from the truth the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them integrity will guide you to success and breakthrough every single time there's a lot of things we could talk about when it comes to modeling christ but today i had the chance to be able to share with you a little bit about integrity and how God calls us to be truthful people. You know, sometimes you say things, and then you say, why, why in the world did I say that? It doesn't matter. If you said it, do everything you can to be able to do it. We had a lady. And some of you guys remember her a long time ago, the Argentinian lady. that she would worship. She would open her mouth this big. I always remember. I, I would be leading worship, and she praised harder than anybody. She was Argentinian elderly lady. Her name was Edith. She got in a situation with her family member where she borrowed money and invested it and lost it. And the reason she came to the United States at around 60 years old, just to be able to make money, to be able to travel back to Argentina and pay the people for what she had lost. When I found out about the very reason why she was here, I'm like, are you serious? She's now in Argentina, by the way. She went through so many heartaches Yeah, she lived in horrible conditions. She was doing everything she can to be able to pay them back. And I'm like, this is a person of integrity. She's now back with her family. She's actually congregating. And even before she came to JTP, she was congregating in Cita Con La Vida, Carlos Velars Church, Sergio Velars. God is looking for people that when you say something, people will know and take it to the bank that if this person said he's going to pay me, he's going to pay me. If this person said he's going to pray for me, he's going to pray for me. If this person declared over my life, and he or she is a man of God or a woman of God, that I'm going to be healed, that word, I'm going to believe it. Because people of integrity are like Samuel, that none of their words will fall to the ground. Man, this generation is needing a bunch of Samuels. This generation is needing people that in school, in work, wherever you go, you would declare God's word. And you declare a word of healing. You declare a word of prosperity when people are broken. A word of restoration for marriages that are about to break and and for God to do the work. We need to speak the truth. How many say amen? amen? Stand on your feet, JTP Church.